Welcome to Direct Line with Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Direct Line, religious topics without preaching. Mixing politics and religion and not shying away from controversy. You're not going to find all your answers, but you will always find an opinion. This is Direct Line. And now your hosts, Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Well, good morning and welcome to Direct Line. It's Thursday, February 2nd, Groundhog Day. Oh. So are we going to get six more weeks of winter or what? What do you I think, would, guys? I would assume so no I, matter I what. I think yeah. Tony Phil is going to... He's okay. See, he's going to see that shadow. And of oh, course, we're right? pre-recording, so don't, we don't really know what's happening yeah. weather-wise today. <laughs> but you're probably wondering where Stephanie. This is Direct Line Danville, but Stephanie is uh, not with us today. She is on grandma duty in Florida, and I am so excited to have joining us for a return visit from the Bible Bistro Podcast, Ryan Sarver and Brian Johnson. Now, is this your third time or second time with us? Third time. Third time. Yeah. And so let's just dive in. How's okay. the Bible Bistro podcast? I tell you, it's I, going, going well. I was listening it. this week. You guys are getting near 100. Isn't that crazy? Yes. But believe it or not, we've been doing this for three years. We're on, Well, we're on the, the third, third season. season. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, two and a half years, basically. Yeah, we started the third season already. We're getting, yeah, closing in on our centennial episode, <laughs> I suppose you'd say. So say yeah. a little bit about the Bible yeah. Bistro podcast. I Wait, listen Ryan. to it religiously, no pun intended, on Tuesday <laughs> mornings when they drop. But what is the Bible Bistro podcast? Yeah, the Bible Bistro podcast is a podcast. Podcast, obviously, that Brian and I do together. But um, I was a student of Brian's at Lincoln Christian College, and uh, we just talk about biblical issues and yeah. talking about um, we look at the Bible, how we should read the Bible, and and text some things that looking at the texts and things that we sometimes might miss in there. Right. Gotcha. So we, we we always say it's a podcast about the Bible, theology, and all things pertaining to the Christian faith. But we yeah. do hang out in the Bible quite a bit. How to read the Bible, how to study it. Uh, you know, just some things that uh, you know, our target is kind of for the interested person in the church right. or Sunday school teachers, and we do have quite a few pastors like yourself yeah. that listen yeah. to us, and and so it's uh, it's been it's been uh, interesting. And, and we, the most, I would say, the most important part of the podcast is at the end of every episode, I ask Brian, "So what?" Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, well, what do we do with this? It's, it's yeah, it's one thing to understand and say we read this and like, oh, we might miss this. This is in Greek or Hebrew. Yeah, yeah. kind of going, how does this apply to my everyday life yeah. and how and I follow Jesus? And I was gonna say, you ask how it's going, but we we're getting an increasing number. We've had a pretty steady growth over the last couple of years of uh, of listeners and just a yeah. continual increase in there. So. so, Ryan, someone wants to find the Bible Bistro podcast. Where can they find it? Well, you can go to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro on Facebook. Okay. Um, you can go to our website, thebiblebistro.com, and you can find all our episodes there. Or you can go to Apple Podcasts or right. Spotify and just look for Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Is, is there a better option, Apple or Spot? Does it matter for you guys no. necessarily? No, it okay. no, no, no. Okay. What's really good is that people leave us uh, any reviews. In reviews, yeah. it always helps, no matter yeah. where you're, if it's a good review. Uh, no, matter, <laughs> well, no matter where you're listening. I love it. And, you know, most of the time, I'll be honest, it's just really for my personal development that sure. I'm listening. Yeah. But I was preaching through Advent themes for the right. first time in several years a year ago yeah. when you guys dropped your yeah. Advent. It helped me incredibly. Yeah. I'd never preached a sermon from the book of Zephaniah. I'd never done it. <laughs> and your episode on that helped me a ton. Good. It was really good. good. And well. um, I'm excited to see where it goes. And yeah. you've got some exciting episodes coming up. Is that really right? Good. Yeah, we, we try to do an interview, maybe. Maybe once a month or so, and yeah. so we've got a couple of interviews we've already we've already done. A uh, friend of yours, I don't know if he's ever been on the show, but Jody Owens, he has? somebody that you pointed yeah. us out to, uh, is uh, we've recorded an episode with him, and that's going to be good. And we're also going to be down with you at a 
learning retreat that he's right. doing, and we're going to do a, a episode from that uh, yeah. from that live uh, venue as well. So uh, should be should be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jody Owens teaches at Johnson University. Yeah. I met him when my daughter was in school down yeah. there, and I've just really grown to appreciate. He is someone that's really been able to wed the academic world and the right. church world in a way that's helped me. He's he's doing this learning retreat too. It's very interesting. He makes it Monday to Friday, right. and, it's, and it's kind of an opportunity to take a kind of a graduate level class absolutely. without paying the full tuition and right. that kind of thing. Right. Without, as he says, without the homework. Right. But it, instead, he substitutes kind of in a way to to apply it to our lives. And he's doing the David, David yeah. narratives out of First and Second Samuel. Should be really good. I've stuff, been a part so. of one learning retreat. He did it on the Minor Prophets, the okay. Book of the Twelve, and yeah. again learned a ton and yeah. really excited about yeah. the David narratives. It's down in Underwood, Indiana. Yeah. A nice, nice uh, conference center. Not down too far center. from uh, your from growing home, up yeah, area, Scottsburg. right? I'm a, I'm a Scottsburg, Indiana. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, Underwood was you know just practically the back door. Right, <laughs> right. And that's a camp that's actually owned by one of the largest yeah. Christian churches, uh, largest Southeast churches Christian Church. And yeah, really a, a blessed place to gather. And I'm looking for, is it the last week of March, I think? I don't have those March dates in front 20. of me. 27 to 31. In the month of March, yeah. yes. Yes, yes. I don't know exactly. And you can find it, Jody, Jody L. Owens. Yes, at, dot com. Dot yeah. com. You can yeah. find the information. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, hey, I got a lot of things I want to get to. Um, I want to start, Brian, with kind of your, I guess, expertise. Sure. Is it the Gospel, Gospel of John? Gospel of John is where I spent most of my what, time studying. Why is that? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. I actually fell into it. I don't know you know this whole story. I kind of fell into it in a funny way. When I was in uh, my master's program at Cincinnati Christian University, a place yeah. that no longer yeah. exists now. Right. But when I was doing my master's work there, I found some interesting things about the the epistles of John. Okay. First, second, third John. Yeah. And I ended up writing my master's thesis on that topic. And I was didn't know that. Just because, I know. And that inter- I kind of came in through the through the back yeah. door there. When I went on to work on my PhD at the University of Aberdeen, you know, the, the epistles are kind of a minor part of the, right. the entire New Testament. Right. Second, third John are only, you know, a, basically a couple paragraphs right. each. They're right. not even a page, mm-hmm. right, in our Bibles. So I decided, well, I'm going to have to do some topic on the Gospel of John, kind yeah. of broaden my interest there. So, um, so that's where I started really reading a lot about the Gospel of John, and I found some interesting things. One of the themes uh, we've talked about, I think, before we certainly have on our podcast uh, is uh, about the, the temple in the Gospel of John, the, yeah. the Jewish backgrounds of the feast and different things in the Gospel of John. And so kind of became fascinated in that area, and then I've, I've taught that class. Uh, I also then, the other... There's basically five books in the New Testament that are associated with the Apostle John. There's right. The Gospel of John, the three epistles that I mentioned, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Right. And then the book of Revelation is in some way yeah. related, whether it's authored by the same, some, some people think it's authored by the same uh, person that right. authored the right. the uh, Gospel, or other people think it's just someone who's related. I, I tend to think it's authored by the same right. person, but... Right. Uh, those five books have kind of become my, my main area. So the yeah. book of Revelation, of course, everybody's yeah. always interested in as well. And it's not the book of Revelations. No, it's singular. <laughs> it's singular. Well, and you know, the, the funny thing yeah. is most people don't realize this, but the the it, it come, the name of it comes from the very first line in Revelation chapter 1, yeah. verse 1. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, and so it is It is this idea that Jesus is being revealed in these in yeah. Why are people so afraid of the book of Revelation, do you think? I, you know, I think it's because of the way it has been used and read in the past. I don't think there's good reason to be. Yeah. Uh, but I do think there are people who are looking for kind of stories about destruction and okay. war and that kind of thing. Okay. And, and certainly it has some uh, scary images. I don't know if even that's the right word, but uh, vivid images. Yeah. 
And, uh, and so I think the way it's been read, the book of Revelation has been read in order to kind of say, oh, these are going to be horrible things that are going to happen in the future, when really, you know, a, a friend of yours and mine who's now gone on to his reward, right. Robert Lowry, yeah. uh, taught us it's really more about um, how we live as Christians any, any time, in yeah. any context. We're always going to have, as Jesus said, uh, we just recorded another episode with a former professor of mine on the Olivet Discourse, Luke yeah. chapter 21. And there Jesus says, there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. And, yeah, and basically yeah. what he's saying is, these not that these things are going to happen before the end, but he's saying there's always going to be these kind of things that are happening. Like yeah. what, what we see in Ukraine today or, yeah. uh, you know, the other kind of conflicts. Like what we see even in the past week happening in uh, in Israel and, uh, yeah. and Palestine, yeah. you know, this. Just awful. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. so there's always going to be these kind of things that are happening. And so the book of Revelation is really about how do we as followers of Jesus yeah. respond in that yeah, Bob Lowry, uh, for those of you listening that were in church on December 18, we looked at Revelation 12, yeah. the lost Christmas passage, yes, many uh-huh. call it. Yeah. And uh, that Red was dragon. inspired by a Bob Lowry lecture yeah. years ago, yep. you know, the dragon in the nativity scene. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Hey, you said something in my office ahead of time. You're teaching right now through the Gospel of Mark. Yes, Did you say uh, well, right? preaching, preaching. preaching. I'm, I'm okay. doing a preaching series. So Mark. we are as well. Last okay. summer we were in Mark, and we're coming back to uh, the last part of Mark leading okay. into East. Easter. So, so Mark is a much different gospel sure. from John. Yeah. How would you describe, just to someone that's listening, maybe they haven't done a lot of Bible study, how would you describe the gospel of Mark compared to like the gospel of John? Right. Well, here's the, it, it's kind of, I'd almost answer the question the other way around. How, okay. is, how is John different than Mark? <laughs> okay. <laughs> because okay. we have four gospels in our New Testament. Right. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first four books in our New Testament we call the gospels because right. they're stories about Jesus, uh, right. about his life. Right. Um, the first three of those, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we call the synoptics. Gotcha. And that's just a fancy word to say that they see things the same way. Yeah. And, and those three books, if you line them up, you can pretty much, they, they follow pretty much the same pattern of telling the story of Jesus' life. Yeah. Use a lot of the same words even about yeah. how, how you know, the things that Jesus said. And then there's John. Right, right. <laughs> Very different. It is. It's, it's significantly different. And I think there's a good reason for that. And just just the short answer of this, without getting in a lot of technical detail, there was a major event that took place in in Israel, re- related in Judea, technically, and related to the people of God in the first century. Yeah, and that was the Romans came in and they destroyed the temple in yeah. Jerusalem, yeah. seventy A.D. Yes, uh, they came in, they laid siege to it for a couple of years, and they came in dis- completely, utterly right. destroyed it. We still can to this day. If you go to Jerusalem, you can see marks of that to this day. Yes, that major event was a huge thing that took place for God's people. And I think that John, my understanding of this, and not yeah. everybody's going to agree with me on this, yeah. John is written soon in the aftermath of that, okay. whereas the other three Gospels, I all before. I see all three of them written before the destruction of yeah. Jerusalem. That would make sense. Now, some people have, a tr- have trouble with that because Luke, for example, prophesies, or Jesus, I should say, in Luke, Prophesies the, the the he says ahead of time that this is going to happen. Right. And some people have a trouble trouble with predictive prophecy, so they say, right. well, this has to be written after. Oh. I think Matthew, Mark, and Luke are all written before the destruction of Jerusalem, and John is the only one written after. Gotcha. And I think that accounts for some of the differences. Uh, the other thing is, I think John is writing for people who would have known the story as it's told in Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke. So right. he's writing in some ways to supplement. Yeah, that. yeah. So when we talk about the Gospel of Mark, is it fair to say it was probably the first Gospel? I don't or think not necessarily. I don't think we can say for sure. The reason okay. that that's often said is because Mark's the shortest. Right. Right. Uh, and and right. again, if you think 
Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell the story in the same way. Some people say, well, Matthew and Luke used Mark and expanded it. Yeah. I don't know that that's necessarily always okay. the case. Okay. Uh, according to, you know, this is a tradition. This isn't something you're going to find in the Bible, but right. the, the early church tradition would say to us that uh, Mark was based on the preaching of Peter yeah. in Rome. Memoirs of Simon Peter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think, I think there's, you know, there's good reason to think that that may be the case. Right. Um, and if that's the case, then it could be the it could be the earliest of these. Yeah. Certainly, I'll say, and most people don't notice this. If you read the very beginning of Luke in yeah. Luke chapter one, the first four verses there, Luke says, "I know of other people who've who've drawn up these accounts." Yeah. In other words, he's aware of other gospels. Yeah. And whether or not that's only Mark and Matthew, I I couldn't say for sure, but right. I think I think it's possible. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you. I want to go to break. When we come back, sure. you peaked something that I want to dive into, <laughs> okay. and that is Israel. Okay. And so I had the chance to go to Israel last summer. We are going to be leading a second church trip with Mark Zeese, uh, oh, a yeah. guy you've had Great on your ours. podcast yeah. next year. But um, you were a part of something, Brian, and I'm very envious of this. Yeah. It's called the Jesus Trail Hike. Yeah, it And is. a four-day hike. I want to talk about that. Sure. You're listening to Direct Line. It's Thursday, February 2nd. Brian Johnson and Ryan Sarver from the Bible Bistro podcast. Steph's on grandma duty. She'll be back with us next week. You're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It's Greg Taylor with my friends Brian Johnson and Ryan Sarver from the Bible Bistro Podcast. And we could not do Direct Line without some incredible sponsors. I want to say thank you to Don and Deanna Witzel from McDonald's, Chris and Daisha Robinson with Robinson Chiropractic, our friends Bill and Mary Lou Knight from Lakewood Insurance. Bill Knight's going to be on the show in two weeks with us. The Darby family from Sunset Funeral Home, the team at Hans Tankwash, and Dean and Gina Crandall with Morgan Stanley. And so, guys, let's talk about Israel. We've all been to Israel. Yeah, yep. Now, you were in Israel, Ryan, as a videographer. Is I, that right? Yeah, yep. I was hired to go shoot some video uh, for a, a church and shoot some small group cur- curriculum yeah. there. Yeah. And how cool is that to think about <laughs> pulling that off? Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Now, were you with an entire team of people or it was just a handful of people? Uh, it was, it was uh, my brother also shoots video. So it was okay. my brother and I shooting video. And so okay. it was kind of just popping up in these different spots trying to grab some shots. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, and Brian, you were you've been yeah. multiple times. Yeah, been, uh, on three three different weeks that we've been there in Israel is is the, the amount of time we've been there. Yeah, and, and so I did the pilgrimage trip yeah. with Jody Owens and Mark Zeese yeah. last year. Probably the greatest trip of my life. Yeah. I, just I, can't, absolutely I can't say loved enough it. about about Mark Zeese. That he, he's a really unique guy. Uh, um, he was a professor of mine right. uh, at Cincinnati, and then. We've been colleagues, and and I've gone on my trips with him, and I I think I recommended him to you. you did. Is that correct? You did. And and the thing about Mark, the interesting thing about Mark is he has actually he's an archaeologist. Yes. And he has spent enough time in Israel, Palestine, that he has been able to get his own um, license essentially to 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 go to these tourist areas. Right. Now, what many people don't realize is you have to be a licensed guide to get into some of these areas. Right. You're not allowed in otherwise. And so, even if you have someone who's a good, qualified leader of a trip, right. they may not. They may have to hire someone else just to come along with them and yeah. and do the guiding. Absolutely. And Mark doesn't have to do that because he has the license himself. And so, it, it, you know, he's just very knowledgeable from from an Old Testament perspective, yeah. from an archaeological standpoint. Uh, it, yeah, really, really highly recommend. 
And so uh, we're hosting a trip in spring of 2024. Easter is early in 24. Right. It's March 31st, and we're leaving on Monday, April 1st oh, for really? Israel. Right and, after. Uh, people have asked how many spots. We've got 30 spots that we're okay. trying to fill, and uh, there's been a lot of interest. And, you know, we're going to have a brochure out later this spring working with Mark and right. his organization. What uh-huh. is it, the Biblical Institute? Or yeah, the, yeah, it's the uh, uh, Jerusalem oh, Institute, Jerusalem of, Biblical Institute of Biblical Studies. Yeah. It's it's connected to EO Travel, right, if right. So some of uh, they have a lots of educational uh, programs, but they have a one arm of it that's called yeah. this Jerusalem Center for Biblical Studies, and and focuses primarily on the Holy Land. Uh, yeah. Trip, yeah. What I loved about it is we were literally all over the country. Right. We were in Caesarea by the sure. Sea and Tel Dan and yep. Mount Hermon and, of course, uh, you know, the, the Galilee area. Yeah. You know, I was showing you guys off air um, that beautiful painting of the yes. chapel in Magdala. Uh, Magdala. And, and then, of yeah. course, Bethlehem and, and Jerusalem. We spent two nights in Bethlehem, yeah. the Palestinian yeah. territory. And, man, I told somebody before I was going, they're like, I'll pray for you. Right. It was great. We didn't have any trouble. <laughs> you know, no issues at all. So. You know, the the thing is, both both Palestinians there and and uh, the the Israeli people there understand that tourism is a major yeah. part of their industry, yeah. so they tend to be careful. Now, we had, like like I mentioned before the break, we've we've heard uh, of some you know issues there right, right. now, but right. It, typically it's safe unless you're you know you have to be careful any, right. anywhere you go. But Absolutely, if you're following the guide's instructions and that kind of thing. You should now, I've already started planning what's next. Yeah. And after 24, I think we're, we're looking at sponsoring a trip in 2025 to Israel. Yeah. But it's not going to be your typical trip like we'll do next year. It's going to be the Jesus Trail. Yeah. And you've done that. Yeah, I, I have. The Jesus I Trail. have. What is it, and why do yeah. you like it? Oh, I loved it. It was uh, So my first trip over there, I, I actually did this when I was 50 years old. And I did, I'd wanted to go to the Holy Land for a long time, obviously, yeah. as someone who, who studies this stuff and teaches it. Uh, we, we went over there on this Jesus uh, Trail hike, and the Jesus Trail is really something that was put together uh, by uh, a Christian, actually a Mennonite guy, and um, uh, someone, a Palestinian from that area. And yeah. both of them intentionally made this trail. It, it's not only um, not only does it follow the biblical story and, and kind of the historical settings, yeah. but they intentionally made it so that you would go through different kinds of communities where people are living today. Yeah. So, for example, one of the, a part of the trail goes right through a um, a kibbutz, uh, yeah. a, an Israeli kibbutz, and we yeah. spent the night there. That was a really interesting. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of kibbutz Levi, I yeah. think was the name of it. Okay. That was a really interesting part of the story. You walk through a Palestinian neighborhood, and, and again, part of their whole idea in doing this was to kind of bring people together and yeah. say, you know, all these things you hear about separation and stuff, but but here they're tied together with this land, you know, yeah. in this in this place. You start in Nazareth, and I'm right. going to go ahead and tell you this. There's there's one part of the thing you need to know in, in regard to the trail is do some steps. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we both are in central Illinois. Yes. And it's not that easy always to find a trail that's up the side right. of the hill. Right. But particularly in Nazareth, Nazareth is a city that's in a in a bowl geographically. Okay. And your first leg straight up is coming out and wow. on steps. You are on steps coming out of Nazareth. So okay. make sure you you do some. Yeah. If you don't have an opportunity to do some steps, do the uh, stepper sizer or whatever they yeah. call it in the gym. Uh, but uh, you begin in Nazareth and you end really in the Sea of Galilee, Galilee. Capernaum in that area. Yeah. And uh, it's you know we you can hike various parts of it the way that that Mark does it you don't necessarily hike and camp although right, he has done right, that right but uh, there's usually a place to stay sometimes we get picked up and yeah. dropped off by yeah. a bus in right. order to facilitate that um, the thing well I don't know if this is where you're getting with yeah. this but the thing I found particularly interesting about that is of course 
you know, in the Gospels, Jesus walked a lot of different Absolutely. places. And so there's, you, you just, I mean, this is true of any place you go. If you go into a neighborhood or you go to a park or whatever, you see more when you're walking. Oh, and it's, yeah. it's a part, you're a part of the whole, um, uh, oh, the area around you, I guess. And so just walking and taking that slower pace than yeah. being on a bus right. is just a different kind of experience. Uh, if you got good people with you, you know, yeah. you're backpacking together. It's just kind of a, a neat, you get, have conversations along the trail and yeah. just, just a neat experience. Um, you know, some of the, some of the things, Nazareth, like I said, was kind of a, that was just a, yeah. you know, really difficult part of and it. And that's a really large community today. Right. Nazareth right. is, right. It, it is. Yeah. It's, it's a big city and uh, it, it's neat. We went to Spice Market there to begin. Right. Really, really neat kind I was of thing. at that same Spice yeah, Market had some, this summer. Yeah, had some good yeah. coffee. Yes, and, yes. So, yeah. so I'll just tell one of the, one of the experiences, and this is one of those things that you're not going to get on a bus tour. I think is we were walking through kind of an olive grove, yeah, uh, along the way, and uh, all of a sudden we find ourselves with a bunch of sheep. Wow! And and pretty soon here comes this guy walking, the as, shepherd, as a shepherd, oh, you know. Wow. And it was very much that same kind of an experience where he's just kind of leading his sheep and guiding them through. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's you know, cool. Yeah, it was very cool experience. And I tell you the thing that really, you know, so John guy especially, there's a passage in John where where Jesus says, "The sheep hear my voice." You know, my, my yeah. sheep know my voice. Yeah. And uh, so Mark went up to talk to the shepherd. Basically, said, "Hey, how can we? You know, we want to get in the middle of this." And he said, "Oh, you're fine." He said, uh, "You know, no problem." And and basically, he just called his sheep, and they followed him. You know, wow. they just. They were just following the shepherd where he was leading them. Now the guy, you know, he was on his uh, iPad and you know he, <laughs> yeah. he he was dressed in jeans and this kind of thing. It's not Modern the way, day we, sheep, right? Man. Not the way we think of a, a Bedouin, right. but certainly you know just that sense that all these years later they're still doing some of the things yeah. the same way. That's great. Yeah, that was a cool. That was well, a cool experience. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Now, Ryan, you had a really cool experience. Was it last summer that you were in Egypt? Last I, fall, o o October. October. Yeah. Um, talk about Egypt. Yeah. So I went with a, a crew. It's called Appian Media. Okay. Um, and so they crowdsource money, and they have produced several documentaries of sorts going in different places with the life of Jesus and so forth. Um, and they invited me on this trip to direct this documentary. And so yeah. they invited, we were going to go um, take the path of Moses yeah. out of out of Egypt. And so uh, I got a chance to go over there. There were nine of us uh, and direct this crew. So I wasn't holding the video camera this time, just directing them. Gotcha. And so we got a chance to work all the way through Egypt. We crossed the Red Sea up Mount Sinai. Uh, we were in Jordan in the desert. Wow. And so we, uh, we, we covered some ground there. What did you learn from being in Egypt? What was uh, a takeaway maybe that you uh, learned? You know, it, it's one thing to read the Exodus account yeah. um, and hear about the people's grumbling and, yeah. you know, like you brought us out here to die and so forth. Right. And then it's another thing to be in that desert and go, I could have been one of those people yeah. because, you know, we were in several places where it's, we had Bedouins and we were in the back of their Jeeps. Um, wow. And, you know, we had bottles of water and stuff with this, but, you know, in just a matter of 30 minutes, you're like... I am really hot. I'm still really thirsty and I'm chugging water and it's yeah. just, there's nothing around you. And so, um, to understand like the, they relied on God's provision and it, you know, it wasn't, um, you know, it, only God could have done that right. for them to, to lead them out of there. So got to experience that. And we had some chance. We went to one of the, 
Luxor temples there. We had oh, an Egyptologist wow. that went with this. And, you know, sharing with Brian, I think one of the most interesting things that, that I learned there is this Egyptologist walked us through. He knew the Hebrew Bible. He was Muslim, but knew the Hebrew Bible and so forth. And he walks us in what's called the Holy of Holies there in Luxor. You know, this is a wow. temple to the sun god Ra. And he said, a physical manifestation of Ra was a ram. Okay. You know, and so you look around there, you see these ram statues, and he's like, they would have sacrificed all these animals in here except a ram. And he's like, now think about the Exodus account when Moses said that the sacrifices of the Hebrews would have been detestable yeah. to the Egyptians. And he's like, you know, you don't hear much about that, but he's like, if you think back to Abraham and Isaac, they would have been sacrificing rams because God provided a ram wow. for for uh, in place of Isaac. And so he's like, you see this, how this would have played out here, right here in this temple, yeah. um, that the Hebrews wanted to sacrifice a ram and the Egyptians the ram was sacred to them. So it was wow. really this, it, it was one of those verses that sometimes you just read and pass over, but to see this, the, the ram would have not been sacrificed here because yeah. you have these huge statues of rams around wow. that were representation of Ra, the sun god. I, I just think the more, for me this summer on the Israel trip, it helped scripture come alive yeah. for me yeah. in a way that I've not had in my I, life. I mean, every, something powerful. Everybody says that, but but until you experience, that's what it, I you mean. Don't, you yeah. don't understand. Right? It, but you you see, you know, you see things like here is the temple. You know, of course, the temple's no longer there, but you see the temple platform. Yeah, uh, you see these steps that Jesus very likely would have yeah, walked up first absolutely. century steps. You know, mm-hmm. the, these kind of things are. There's just no. There's yeah. no, the Sea of Galilee. A yes. lot of people talk about what a meaningful thing that is. We yeah. saw the sunrise over the Sea of Galilee, and it was. Yep. You know, yep. Just an amazing thing. I was gonna just to give the, the the listeners a sense of this. You mentioned out in the wilderness. This is partly where uh, the the movie uh, Dune Dune was There's filmed. Really, or The Martian. Okay. So we were in uh, Wadi Rum, and it's very famous desert. While we we're out there, we could actually hear Hollywood crews building sets for wow. Dune too. Um, but it, I mean, it, this desert is so huge. You're not allowed to go out there without a Bedouin because you can get lost. Look out. Yeah, I mean it's it's it would be a place where you would die That's very cool. quickly. It just gives gives the listeners kind of a, a physical way to think about that, or even Star Wars, right? The, yeah, Star the Wars, ta- Tatooine. Wow. Yeah, if, you think, if you're Star yeah. Wars, so yeah. it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's beautiful and awe inspiring, but it is. Uh, it's an intimidating place. Now, something to keep in mind, you guys did an entire episode on your Egypt trip, yeah. didn't yes. you? Yes. And so all of your episodes are sure. able to yeah. be tapped into. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. and the, and the document more about it. Yeah. yeah, and the documentary is getting put together and should be out here hopefully in the next six months or so where they put everything together. And it's going to be freely available, so you can go on the website. Yeah, and just Appian Media that he's talking about, it's pretty interesting. They, their, their, their model is they raise the funds to do these trips and, and to do these documentaries, and then they make them available to, to for, for free and for yeah. free man that's great well yeah. we'll have to link that when that yeah. gets yeah. done let Absolutely. me know and we'll share that well, hey, let's go to break when we come back i want to bring up the name candace cameron beret you okay. know that name i i do now full house fans or <laughs> yeah. not yeah I'm yeah. Not. Uh, yeah aurora yeah. tea garden maybe anyway no <laughs> no she, she was on a podcast and she raised something right that I think I agree with. Yeah, and, uh, I agree. J- just yeah. about misusing scripture, basically. And so we'll do that. It is Thursday, February 2nd. Greg Taylor with the Bible Bistro guys, Brian Johnson and Ryan Sarver. We'll be right back after this. 
Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It is Thursday, February 2nd, and Steph is not with us this week. She'll be back in studio next week. We'll have Pastor Ryan Harris and Pastor Dave Anderson with us from the Assembly of God and from the First Nazarene Church here in Danville. But this week, it's the Bible Bistro guys, Brian Johnson and Ryan Sarver. And there was an article. Now, I thought it was Candace Cameron Bure. You think it's Burr? Is I think that it's right? Candace Cameron Burr. I'm okay. Not, it I'm, doesn't really listen, matter. I'm yeah. not an expert on It doesn't matter. But but she's Pop famous culture. from Full House, right? Yeah, she yes. was part of the the cast okay. as a kiddo. Mm-hmm. Um, her brother, Kirk Cameron's pretty uh, famous. Yeah, yeah, sure. But um, she really made waves. Uh, she was kind of one of the rising stars on the Hallmark Channel, if there is such a thing. Uh. And she walked <laughs> away because of some of the the left direction really? that Hallmark had traveled. And she's working for a competing network. But she was on a podcast and, and the, the headline of the article says, just be very careful of social media platitudes that misrepresent the Bible. Right. And um, I, I think that's spot on. And so, Brian, yeah. I'm going to start with you, okay. Mr. Bible Scholar. <laughs> um, misinterpreting Bible, right. um, misusing sure. Bible. How big of a problem do you think that I, is? I think it can be a problem. Uh, I don't, you know, and, and again, I, I get what they're saying. These Sometimes you get these one-off kind of things. Here, here's where I would go with this is I would say what we're trying to do on our podcast, the, the whole point of the Bible Bistro is really to say we need to approach the Bible in, in a way that is is careful and is disciplined in order to 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 extract from it the correct meaning that God has has given us in it. Right. God chose to reveal Himself to us in Scripture. Right. right. That's that's right. the way that He's He's chosen right. to, to to teach us these things, and therefore it requires us to be equal to that task. Yeah. And here's the biggest problem, I think. Some of the examples she gave, I don't know if you want to mention some of these specifically. Go for it. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, you you'd mentioned I think uh, Philippians four thirteen, which yep. many people I've seen. Tattooed on people's arms. Yeah. You know, many, many I can do favorite. everything through Christ that gives me strength. Right. Football coaches love to quote that Absolutely. right before they take the field. You, you know, the Superman verse, I sometimes yeah. will say, but but really, you know, I, I can leap tall buildings in a single bound, that right. kind of thing. Right. But really, if you look at the context there, yeah. and we're talking about, <laughs> I'm going to give you this word. This is the literary context. Yeah. What Paul is saying there, he says, I know what it is, if you read the rest of the chapter, yeah. I know what it is to be in plenty. I know what it is to be in want. Yep. And yet I've learned the secret of being content yep. in all situations. And basically what he's saying there, I can do all things. Right. Whether they are good times or whether they are bad, I right. can do these things because of the strength that I have in Christ. So it's not, you know, he's going to give me the power to overcome here necessarily. Right. Right. Well, I guess you do have the power to overcome, but right. but not not in this victorious kind of way sometimes. Sometimes it's I, I always say it's a it's a verse to be read through gritted teeth. Right. So where I was going with this is that what we try to do is we try to talk about the correct approach to scripture. Right. We 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 need so I mentioned literary context. Yep. We're also big we we talk about the historical context. Yeah. Right. Um, understanding it within within these words within the culture within the yeah. time, and so that's why it, it requires a little bit of work. It, it bothers people sometimes because they say, "Well, I just want to be able to pick up my Bible right. and read, right?" right? Mm-hmm. And and there's no, nothing. In fact, that's that's a part of study is to read you know wide swaths of Scripture, but just like any any older text, whether it's Shakespeare or whether it's the Ulysses, you know Ulysses or right. whatever it is. It requires us to to be equal to the task of interpreting it. Yeah. Well, you know, you look at the book of Philippians, where yeah. this verse comes from. Paul's, Paul's in, in prison. prison. Yeah. And you his know, his whole point in writing, he says, "I want you to know." He says to Philippians early on in the book. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. kind of 
paraphrasing all this, but he said at the very beginning of the book, I want you to know that that being in chains is actually served to advance the gospel. Right, right. Right, it's, it's yeah. not just that the gospel's only advanced when everything's going well in my life, right. but sometimes the gospel's advanced when things are not going well yeah. in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another passage, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, absolutely. I was going to say, there's yeah. another passage that, that, Ryan, you're always bringing up in Jeremiah. Yeah, right? Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, not to harm you, and, you know, it, Yes, it's it feels it's 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 a feel good verse. It's a beautiful verse. It's a beautiful verse. It's <laughs> but God's what's the context? word, but it's the context. You yeah. know, and you read all of Jeremiah, it's like, hey, you've been unfaithful. Bad things are going to happen. Bad things are going right. to happen. You know, it's this it's this continuation even of Deuteronomy of the blessings and the curses. Like you've been unfaithful. Yeah. You know, and this is there's going to be punishment. But even in the context, like I do have an ultimately good plan for you. Right. But that doesn't mean you're going to be lifted out of suffering. You yeah. know, right now. This, yeah, this sin. generation is going to fall to Babylon. You know, yeah. Babylon are going to come in and they're going to take your nation. Yeah, and so it's, you know, I think it's it's about, I always think about like what we're looking, instead of just reading scripture for what it is, we're looking at what I need to find out right. of it. And so I think that's, you know, I think that's the temptation is kind of going, here's what I want to hear out of it, yeah. but that's not necessarily maybe what the verse is trying to say to us. You mentioned Jody Owens. Sure. He was here a year and a half yeah. ago and he preached a message on Jeremiah 29 right. and he said a lot of you have fallen in love with this <laughs> verse. Now let me tell you what this verse is really all about. And, and you, you said, is it a is it a big problem? We were we were talking about this earlier today. You said there was a point at which you had a book that was basically here's the Bible answer book. If I've got oh yeah yeah, I, when I graduated high school and uh, this was very popular. I mean, this is 1999, but it, we got these books from like a Christian bookstore, and it was like you know verses for the graduate, and it's like if right. you're feeling this, open it up and like here's the verse. Yeah, and it's like you know I didn't know much at that point, you <laughs> right. know, but I'm opening up I'm like oh this is this is nice, but then like. That's really the place where you start reading these verses out of their context. And so I'm reading it for what I want out of it, not what the verse is really trying to communicate to me. So So it's when you lift those things out of their context, you know, that's when that's when things can go south. So here's just a slightly different way to think about the the way that the Bible has power in our life is we talk about reading the Bible and it, it is formative for us. Right. So as we read Scripture, and we're talking about over a long period of time, we're talking large sections of Scripture, it begins to form us. So rather than looking for a particular answer to a question, okay, I'm I'm facing, I don't know, whatever difficulty you want to say today. You know, I'm facing this difficulty. Where can I go to the Bible and find this? If you're reading Scripture over a long period of time, it's forming us so we know how to respond in those situations. I think that's, that's the difference. It's not going and looking for the answer. Right. Uh, you know, I do believe this, the scriptures are our answer for us. I believe yeah. that Jesus is revealing, uh, you know, in his teachings and things to us. But it's forming us so that we have uh, a way of looking at the world that we're able to respond to these challenges yeah. in the way that we should. It's just a different, little different way of thinking. Is there a most abused scripture? <laughs> in the, I, 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 I have know. one that's in the running that I, I want to throw say your way. Mine would be Philippians 4.13. I think okay. that would be the one I would think of. What were you going to say? I'm what? thinking John 10.10. 10 where Jesus okay. said, I've come to bring you life and life to the full. Some, the some, abundant life, some yeah. translations say the abundant life. Yeah. And I think you've almost developed an entire theology that I would say is borderline heresy, this health and wealth <laughs> gospel, this idea Certainly. that Jesus wants you to have your best life now yeah. on earth. And, and I do think that being a Christ follower is a great life, yeah. but you look at what's happening all over the world and, and here in the United States, there are people that have become radical followers of Jesus Christ, and they've lost everything right but and i would and, still say that's life to the full in jesus and, and there are people who you know I, i've been in 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 um, third world context and and those 
kind of teachings are very popular in those, yeah. in those contexts. So John 10, just, just briefly, you know, this is the Good Shepherd passage. This is where the primary point here, and again, this is what yep. we do. We, we think yep. about it in its historical, in its literary context. John 10 is really about a disagreement between Jesus and the religious leaders of his day. Yep. And, and it's interesting what he said. So shepherd throughout the Bible, all the way back to Jeremiah, in fact, yep. if we want to think about it, and, and even back even further to David, shepherd in the Bible becomes a way to talk about the the rulers of the people. Okay. So well, there's the example I gave you in John 10 earlier, right, of the shepherd, my, yeah. my sheep hear my voice. Yeah. So, so the idea of a shepherd is one who leads. And so the king is a shepherd. These religious right. leaders are supposed to be shepherds. Well, Jeremiah gives this warning against these shepherds who've led my people astray, right? right. And so Jesus begins to talk to these religious leaders, and basically he's saying, you know, look, all of those who came before me, were were seeking to kill and to destroy. Right. You know, they were they were seeking their their own steal, purpose. kill, and destroy. And, and instead, I, the good shepherd, will lay down my life for the sheep. Right. So so it's in that kind of context. So yeah, he's coming to give us life. Absolutely. Right. Uh, he 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 is he's saying I'm not you know coming for my own interest. I'm not coming for my own purpose. Uh, I'm not going to be a robber and a thief in right. order to to get what I want for myself. Right. Um, so that's that's the way I would understand it within its context. You got to think about who he's speaking to and, yeah. and the context. There. This article, the the verse that's really flushed out is First Corinthians ten thirteen right. that says there's no temptation, temptation. that's right. going to seize you the, except what's common to man, and God won't give you more than you can handle. Some, well, something the, along those lines. The, the God will not give you more than you handle is the way that we popularize right. it. But really exactly. what it says, he, it says he will provide a way out for right. you. Right. Uh, there's no temptations overtaking you except what is common. Yeah. In yeah. other words, the, you're not the only one going through temptation. Right. And, and he will always provide a way out for us. Right. Now, that doesn't mean... <laughs> well, what her point is, a lot of people have been led to believe that if you're not handling something, yeah. it's your fault because God's never going to give you more than you can and handle. And so you seek to do it on your own. Yes. Or, you know, I can, you I can handle this on my own. Absolutely. You need brothers Absolutely. and sisters in Christ. So I just found it a, an interesting article that I think does illuminate a potential problem with people right. that don't decide to really go deep in their journey mm -hmm. yeah, to really figure I mean, something as simple as context. Right. I don't even know if it's that deep. It's, yeah. it's just. It's being equal to the task of reading the scripture in the way that it's been given yeah, to us. Yeah, yeah. You know, years ago, I was in one of my first ministries, and our preacher at the time was preaching through Second Corinthians. Right. And you have that text, I think it's in chapter 7, do not be unequally yoked. Right. And he made the declaration, now some of you think that's about race. It has nothing to do with race. Right. It's about faith. It's about right. a believer and an unbeliever. Sure. And, I mean, we, we had a person just come unglued. Right. Because right. she'd heard a preacher when she was a little girl yeah. that had said, you know, black people aren't supposed to be with white people. Well, and, uh, and and the interesting thing is, I don't even think it's really technically about marriage. It's right. really, it really talks about business, right. you know, and right. being in business with other <laughs> right. people. And how many times will you see people who apply it to the marriage relationship yeah. and, and they're not applying it to mm. the other relationships right. in their life? So. Absolutely. Well, it's fascinating. Well, hey, I can't believe we're at the end of segment three. Wow. Day is flying by. It's Thursday, February 2nd. When we come back, I want to get really spiritual and talk about the National Football League. Okay. How's that let's sound? Do that. Let's Brian, do you're that. a football fan, right? I am. Packers. I know. Sorry, <laughs> sorry buddy. Sorry, buddy. Sarver? I mean, I do like football. Yeah, do you have a I, team? I mean, I live in Indianapolis. But okay. I, I, I don't know if I can claim them this Colts year. Colts had a tough year. <laughs> a little but bit. Not yeah. as bad as my Bears. 
Oh, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. But yeah. what I want to talk about is I want to talk about who many people believe is the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, okay. announced today that he is retiring right. again. Again, for, again. for good. And this, is, this, this time he said it. No and, takes back. And you spent some time in Cincinnati. I did. And you know the Bengals fans, rooting. they're stinging, baby. I was rooting for the Bengals. And that, I want to know if you think Bengal fans have a right to be unhappy it hurt. about it hurt. the men in the stripes. Okay. We're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It's Greg Taylor, uh, absent my weekly partner, Stephanie Spangler. She is on grandma duty, but she will be with us next week. And in her stead are the Bible Bistro guys, Brian Johnson and Ryan Sarver. Ryan, one more time, where can people find the Bible Bistro podcast? You can go to thebiblebistro.com. That's our website. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your fine podcast, and look for Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Good stuff. Yeah, same on Facebook, right? Facebook. Facebook and Instagram. Bistro, yep. Yeah. And so we're a week and a half from the Super Bowl. And, you know, yeah. the Super Bowl has become this kind of iconic cultural, yeah. you know, don't don't miss game. Even people that don't like right. sports are right. into the Super Bowl. And uh, Tom Brady, yes. greatest quarterback of all time, what would you say? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a Packers fan, so yeah. I think I think Aaron Rodgers was pretty decent. Okay. But, well, but, Brett, know, Brett Favre. If if you're talking in terms of rings, yeah. I mean, I don't yep. think I don't think you can you know, go too far from Brady. But he actually announced his retirement this week for the second time. Yes. And here's my question. Why do the greatest have a hard time walking away? Why oh, is no, that? That's, that's, you know, Michael Jordan hits a yeah, game-winning shot for the Chicago true. Bulls in 1998 for his true. sixth title in eight years. It's the perfect time to walk yeah. away, and, and he's remembered for those years with the Washington not, Wizards. You know, not to, not to make this all – Back to the spiritual, either, right. but uh, we see the same with preachers sometimes. Absolutely, you know, like, <laughs> no, one, no one went to walk away. Yeah, and but professors, and right, professors, right, fair right. point. Absolutely, but, uh, you know, I think I think the drivenness is part of it, right? Okay, they, they've you know these these guys, especially now, sports these sports figures, they've been doing this. This is the thing I'm I'm amazed by year after year. Are are now we're seeing these kids in home movies when they were five yeah. and six years old no. with a football yeah. in their hands, or yep. Mahomes. You know, of course, he was a baseball. Yep. But, yep. but, you know, you see these these movies of when he was a kid, yeah. and, and they've been driven, and they've been going to this goal for so long. I don't know that they know what else to do. It's an identity. You know, that their whole lives yeah. have essentially been wrapped up in So, this. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Just maybe the most exciting quarterback Interesting, right now. Interesting, yeah, for Did sure. Did you hear the Mahomes news this week? No. Which... His dad went on sports radio in Chicago and said the Bears called Mahomes before the 2017 draft and said, we're drafting you. Really? And then at the last minute decided to go Mitch Trubisky instead. Well, no, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just don't tell anybody that. You're breaking our hearts. Right, but, um, right. Yeah. So Cincinnati yeah. played Kansas City. Yeah. What I thought was a great it game. It was a great game. It really, really really was. great game and you know my kids live in kansas city now so yeah. i've kind of become a closet kansas city fan just sure. for them but the cincinnati fans they're really frustrated right. with the men in stripes right. do they have a case what do you think i think so and I, i'm gonna tell you i lived in cincinnati area for about 12 years now full disclosure i was watching my wife's a bigger nfl fan than i am okay and she's actually a kansas she's a packers fan first okay but then she's a kansas city chiefs fan and yeah. she, for an interesting reason before mahomes even when Andy Reid went there, she yeah. felt like Andy Reid had been done dirty by Philadelphia, and, and yeah. so she was an Andy Reid fan. You know, yeah. she saw like, "Here's this guy that's that's you know fantastic championship coach. game after championship and, game after championship." And game. so he got sent packing. So she starts following the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. for that reason, which is yeah. wow. That's a very you know my wife reason to do that, but. <laughs> 
But then, um, you know, so she, we're watching the game. Of course, she's excited about all this, yeah. and I'm kind of root for the Bengals yeah. because, you know, I remember the last Cincinnati time they were, we, we were living there the last yeah. time they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so we, you know, we're kind of rooting back and forth and this kind of thing. But, yeah, do they have a, a gripe? I think there were some bad calls even before they got to that right. to that really I think the really that last one, one. I mean, he did push him. I mean, I don't think he meant to do oh, it the, in a flagrant. Are way. you talking about the out of bounds? Out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about earlier when they they gave him another chance at the fourth yes, down. That I was agree. the one for me that really was the turning point in the yeah, game. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were getting ready to put a stop on right, him, and the, right. the refs gave him another chance to reset right, and get right. get things together. Right. You know that, and it's hard. I understand, especially now with uh, with instant replay and this kind of thing that we have is refs are held to a high standard. Oh, yeah. You know, I have friends that are that are referees, and yeah. I had one that posted immediately following us, big NFL fan, and he yeah. said, you know, if anybody thinks that they could do better, yeah. then I'll, you know, I'll basically I'll pay for your license to yeah. go out and do yeah. some high school refing. And the know? answer is they don't want it. They just want to complain. That's exactly. all they want to do. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I, do, I do think it was kind of a – you hate to see a good game come down to that right. kind of a right. call where there's right. even that kind of question. Right. I agree. So who's going to win, Philadelphia or Kansas City? Oh, I guess I'll have to say I guess I'll have to say Kansas City. Philadelphia, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Philly. I'm okay. going with Philly. Are I think they're hot right now. Okay, I think they really they, they've are. had a great season. They have. They've been fun yeah. to watch. They've been fun yeah. to watch. Really, yeah. it, it makes you wonder if the fans in Philadelphia will be happy if they win the Super Bowl because they're not happy about anything <laughs> typically. <laughs> you know, and uh, and uh, you know, Kansas City. You know, with Mahomes still limping and that kind of thing, I think yeah. his health's going to be yep. a big part yep. of it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, guys, we're out of time. Yeah. Thank you so much for. Uh, making Thanks. the drive over to Danville, no, no and we just wish you nothing but the best on the Bible Bistro podcast this week. On my way out the door, I want to remind you the next two Sundays at Second Church, we're going to have some great guests with us. Mariah Hansen and Casey Griffiths from the Women's Care Clinic are with us this week as we celebrate Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And then on Super Bowl Sunday, Daniel Chapel and Brian Carpenter from FCA wow. are going to be sharing about the impact of FCA in our community. And Bible Bistro, guys, keep it rolling. All right. All right. Thanks All very right. much for having us. On behalf Appreciate of Steph, who's in Florida, and Brian and Ryan, this is Greg saying thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Direct Line.